today's story is Dear David, written by Liam D. So my grandfather recently died. Not unexpectedly, might I add. At 81, he had a good run. Anyway, my mom and I had to go to his house and grab anything we wanted to keep before the cleaning crew came in to clear it out. During the process of searching through his bedroom, I came across his box of military stuff, most of which belonged to his father, my great-grandfather, who had died in the Second World War. I had fond memories of this box. My granddad would tell us stories about the photos and the letters inside. How much was the truth I can't say, because he wasn't in the war. Nevertheless, it kept me entertained as a young kid. As I began to look through the box, the memories came flooding back. Every letter and trinket reminding me of his stories. Until I came to one letter, postmarked October 1944. It appeared to be another letter from my great-grandfather to a man named David, who I believe may have been his brother, but unlike the other letters describing the war and conditions, this was different. As I read it, I realized my granddad had never shown me this letter. I'm still unsure what to make of it. The letter is as follows. Dear David, it's been almost three weeks since my two friends Howard and Johnson went missing, and I can't keep this to myself any longer. Someone needs to know the details in case something happens to me. Normally I would just blame the Krauts, as they are the cause of most of my missing soldiers. However, this is different. It started around six months ago, when my men started reporting finding these black leather-bound diaries while out on patrol. Of course, as we were occupying a town, it's not uncommon finding things like these around. However, these diaries were odd. The diaries contained names of my soldiers scrawled on the inside cover. No other writing, just the name. And then after a certain date, the pages seemed to have been ripped out, putting it down to the enemy playing mind games. I ignored the reports thinking that maybe they were just writing common names in them, to unnerve us. I remember hearing from HQ they had used mind games before, like hiding soldiers' helmets and pieces of glass to reflect light in windows to look like snipers. However, what set these diaries apart was that over the next few days, they started to appear around the city. Now I know my lookouts are tired and sometimes half drunk but surely even they would notice someone getting that close. The other thing is, no matter how many of these things were collected, burnt, or destroyed, they would appear back the next morning. I don't know who put them there, or with what intention, but there they were, and they were having an effect on my troops. Many, including my friend Captain Howard, who after finding a diary with his name in it, had claimed to hear whispers when no one was around. Howard was also plagued with dreams, where he was lost in a wasteland, and a voice on his radio would recite the time and date of his death over and over until he would wake in a cold sweat. He never told me the date, but on the 22nd of August, he went on a patrol routine and never returned. His good friend Captain Johnson, who he had known since childhood, was naturally distraught. The loss of his friend hit him hard. I had to abandon the search after five days because he became very angry. At this point, 
He must have felt the only thing to do was continue the search himself. As he was seen leaving the city the same day with a rifle and a standard issue kit. Three days later around dusk, a lookout spotted a figure walking out of the thick fog that had just come down during the day. He had returned, but something was different. His eyes were vacant. He had pale skin. He had none of the kit he left with, apart from the ripped and blood-stained fatigues, whose blood remained a mystery as he had no visible injuries and wouldn't speak. He just followed me, like a small child. He refused food and water. I say refused. It was as if it was foreign to him, like he'd forgotten what to do with it. Over the next 24 hours, he did strange things. He broke every mirror in the medical area he was kept in and drew all the curtains, preferring to sit in the dark. I insisted two men watch over him. A couple of days later, I awoke to one of my men banging on my door at 5 a.m. Sir, there's been an incident, he said. I arrived in the medical area around 5.15. A crowd had gathered around the house that was our makeshift medical area, all staring at the blood still dripping from the blown out main window. I walked inside through the recently broken door. Inside it looked as though someone redecorated using machine gun and body parts. There had been a fight. Bullet casings littered the floor, as did the remains of my men. He was nowhere to be found. Had he escaped the fight? Was he taken away? All I know for sure, the day after he disappeared, so did the diaries and the fog. Then one morning, after no patrol finding a diary just over two weeks, I was presented with one found on patrol that morning. I could tell from the patrolman's expression before I even opened it. And there it was, smeared in black ink on the inside cover. I quickly flicked to the back. The last page was October 15th. Today is October 14th. There was only one name on the page. Mine.